Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. Welcome back where we're once again talking about retirement. We're talking about that period of your life where you get to be your own boss. You get to go out and do all those things that you've wanted to do, but not yet had the time to do for many of you during your working years. So uh, it is the time for you to go out, spend time with family, spend time playing those sports, uh, getting involved in those activities, doing whatever it is that you enjoy doing. To learn more about what we can do to help you get safely through retirement, go to our website website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you will get access to all the planning tools, resources, books, education, opportunities, everything we have to get you through the process. Today, we're going to be talking about the old and new paradigm of planning. We're going to be talking about each of the top 10 financial risks. To do that, uh, I brought my partner, Brian Britt, on with me today to help out. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good to see you. I haven't seen you in uh, days. (laughs) Yeah, we actually got to see each other in person for a while, which is not something we get to do on a very regular occasion. Yeah, we we just spent uh, three glorious days in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona with, I don't know, probably a hundred other planners and fiduciaries and retirement design people. And it was great. We had a lot of really good guest speakers and tremendous amount of information that was passed on to us. So it was it was great not only to hang out with you, but also just to, you know, hear other perspectives of people around the country of, you know, how they're accomplishing the goal of building good retirement plans for their clients. So, you know, it's always it's always great not to just live in your own bubble because you always think you got the best solution and then you hear somebody else uh, give you another idea like, ah, I can blend that into our design. So it was great. It was great. I really enjoyed it. We took away a lot of ideas that we plan to implement, a lot of things that we were already doing that were good, but it is exciting to know that there's always ways to improve. There's always things that we can do to make things better, not only for those we work with, but for those that we educate and those that we have the opportunity to come across their paths through their lives. I'd like to start today, Brian, by talking a little bit about this concept, old paradigm of planning versus new paradigm of planning. We often refer to what we do as a new paradigm of retirement planning. You want to talk a little bit about the difference between the two and why there is a new model out there that we use? Sure. Yeah, I think that's a good place to, to start. So that old paradigm, you know, was so simple, right? You retired, you had a pension, the pension basically guaranteed you'd never be poor. And then Social Security supplemented that pension. And then maybe, and a very small percentage of people, I'm talking 50 years ago, maybe they had some investments, you know, stocks, bonds, probably not mutual funds because most people weren't buying mutual funds then. You know, maybe they had a little rental that they owned that was producing them some income. But really the mainstay of most Americans' retirement plan was a pension. And then Social Security was supposed to supplement that, right? And now when you think about the new paradigm, and this is not a good one, but Social Security makes up a large portion of a lot of retirees' incomes, which is not supposed to be the way it is, right? It's supposed to be supplemental. And this is why so many people can't retire. It's why so many people, even after they start taking Social Security, they just don't have enough money to pay the lifestyle that they want and, you know, keep things, I mean, pay bills and stuff like that. But it's, it was never designed. Social security was never designed as a pension. It was literally just designed as a safety net. If you lived too long, 
right? I know that if you look at the numbers when Social Security was invented, right, back in the 1930s, I believe you couldn't take your benefits. I'm doing this from memory now because it's been a while since I've taught the classes at UCSD. You couldn't take the benefits till 65, and the average life expectancy of a married couple was 57. <laughs> Am I right about that? Wasn't it 65? Yeah, 65 and 62 approximately is the life expectancy. Oh, 62. Okay, there you go. I knew the life expectancy was a few years earlier than what you were allowed to do. So it really was nothing more when it was invented, Social Security, as an insurance policy against living too long. Well, now we have life expectancies in the mid-80s. You can take Social Security as early as 62, which is interesting. And for the average American, it's the biggest part of their retirement plan. Not for our clients, but for the average person out there, if you look at the masses, this is a huge part of their retirement plan, which means most people in retirement are not living the kind of lifestyle they really wanted to. So, you know, as, as planners and fiduciaries and designers of blueprints, what we can do is obviously design where Social Security is still just a supplement to the design that we build, right? You know, we're building designs that people can live robust lifestyles in retirement, um, you know, in those go-go years, in the slow-go years to make sure they have enough money to go do all the things they wanted to do. And Social Security is still what it was meant to be, just supplemental. You know, it's just a little bit of icing on the cake if we do it right and people come to us and, you know, hopefully early enough that we can make a difference in their lives. I teach a class called the Evolving Retirement Law. And in that class, we talk about the challenges that are out there regarding our retirement, the changes that are happening, Secure Act 2.0 being a big one lately, and the choices that we have, where we go from there. And it's interesting, as I was updating that for 2024, to see that retirement continues to become a bigger and bigger challenge. As we look at the numbers for the average American, you talked about them, Brian, as we look at the numbers for the average American, less and less money is being saved. More and more people are going to have a problem as we get out there, but it doesn't mean that has to be you as individual listeners, that you do have a choice to take action, to do the things that you need to do. And part of our goal as advisors is to help you take that action. And part of our goal today as we talk about this new paradigm is also to address the top 10 financial risks. So with that, Brian, I'm going to pop each one of those out there. We're going to have a short discussion about each of those. We'll get through all 10 by the time we're done today and, and help you better understand why it is a new paradigm, because most of these things were never even looked at as we go back to our parents and grandparents. You ready for this, Brian? I'm ready. Hit me. The first one of these is longevity risk. Talk about what it is, why it's such a challenge today, and maybe wasn't so a decade or two or three or four ago. Well, just like you just said, Dave, 62 was the average life expectancy of a married couple. And today it's in the mid 80s. So again, you know, Social Security certainly wasn't designed to handle that. But a lot of people's financial plans are not designed to handle, um, you know, being unemployed for 20 years, right? So even if you work till 65, you're still most likely going to be unemployed for 60 years. And you know, in our experience, the only way to realistically deal with that problem is to spreadsheet out your life. You know, I always call it, it's the theoretical workshop, right? You know, even when I present my plans, I'm like, hey, this is nothing more than a theoretical exercise. We're guessing inflation is going to be 3%. We'll be wrong. 
either it's going to be lower or higher probably, right? We're guessing you can make 5% a year on your money for the rest of your life on every dollar. Hopefully we're low on that number, but maybe we're high, right? We're guessing that taxes are going to be dramatically higher, let's say post 2030. Maybe they're not going to double. Maybe they're only going to go up 60%, right? So it's all theoretical. But one thing I can pretty much assure people is you're going to have a much better chance of achieving what you're trying to achieve if at least you spreadsheet out the stuff and you make some assumptions, even if you're wrong. Any plan is better than no plan, right? Any plan. And hopefully our plans are you know, certainly a step above. A lot of people, they just don't have a plan. They go, oh, I think I'm okay. Well, let's prove it. The other thing we're doing, of course, is, you know, life expectancy back to that longevity risk that you mentioned, you know, that really dramatically increases your chances that you're going to need long-term care at some point, right? If you're dying at 62, you probably didn't need a lot of long-term care issues. You just, you're dead, right? There's no long-term care involved. But when you're living in your 80s, and of course, the average person needs long-term care when they start getting into life expectancy. Some people, you know, they may go 10 years longer than life expectancy, but it's much higher likelihood that you're going to need some help either in the house or in a facility. And we're going to get to that one, Brian. So I'm going to put you off a little bit because I want to talk about some of these others. The next one, social security risk, which is the risk of claiming your benefits at the wrong time or paying taxes on those social security benefits. Thoughts that you have in regards to social security risk? You know, that's a really good one. Back in the old days, we just assumed everybody was going to take social security at full retirement age, and that was the end of it. And then we started doing the math like, well, wait a minute, if you have longevity in your family tree, and mom and dad and grandma, grandpa on both sides, that's usually as far as we need to go out. There's a lot of people living past life expectancy in your family. You might want to take a look at, you know, just delaying that's uh, full retirement age because you do get a nice raise every time you do it. But the one thing that I love that you do, Dave, is you know you have some great software that you brought to the table in our partnership, and you can really help people pick that age and not just pick it out of a jar, but literally have some numbers. Why don't you just give a little detail about that if you can? It's amazing what software can do for you. We're putting a new presentation together on Social Security, and we've been working through some of the slides. And as a result, we went on to the Social Security Administration website and started looking at what they offer, right? It's sad to see what the government offers in helping us figure out one of the most important benefits of our lifetime. As you go on there, one of the first things we're going to tell you about their calculations is it is a rough estimate. I wouldn't expect the government to say rough, that it's saying this is not going to be a good thing. This is not going to be close probably to what you're expecting. It doesn't take into consideration a spouse. It doesn't take into consideration longevity. All of these things that the government's saying, this is the best we can give you to help you figure this out. And it's nowhere close to being what people need. And so we did become experts in the topic. Myself and one of my daughters went and got educated, started studying, putting our time in, got software that allows us to now do specialized social security, take your facts and circumstances, your individual life, whether it was with the same spouse, a different spouse at some point, whether you're not married today or whether you're going to be married in the future and try to map all that out and what it might look like. Mm. Yeah, it's great stuff. Obviously, I was doing planning way before you and I met, but you took it to a whole different level with that social security software. And and I love it. When I build a blueprint and we put an age for either an individual or a married couple of when they're going to take it, yes, we're still guessing, but we're using some pretty sophisticated numbers to figure out at least statistically where you might be better off taking it. 
The number third risk that we need to talk about is tax rate risk, which is the risk that taxes will be high in the future. We started working together back in 2019, and some of my first webinars, most people thought I was crazy. They couldn't believe the taxes would be higher. Talk a little bit about where we're at today and what we're looking at. Well, you know, I like to always tell the story about my dad. So my dad never graduated from high school, got his GED on a Navy ship during the Korean War, came home to New York City and became a salesman. And he sold anything and everything you can imagine. He sold fire escapes. He sold copy machines. He sold copy paper, the carbon paper, before copy machines were even invented, right? But he was just a very personable guy. And, you know, he just knew how to connect with people very well. And in 1974, that was, by the way, the year they invented IRAs, my dad made 170000 bucks. That's like making... 600 grand today. He was amazingly good at people. He was in at that point an 80%, 8-0 marginal combined bracket, 70% federal, 10% New York state. Now, again, that's marginal. It wasn't like he was only keeping 20% of his income, but he was probably only keeping about maybe 45 or 50% of his income. And then what he did during that time is he just max funded everything he could do that would postpone his taxes. And when he got into retirement as a wealthy guy, he was like in a 22% bracket. Now, that wasn't because he was making a lot less money. He was, obviously. He wasn't living on that kind of money anymore. He still lived very comfortably. It was because taxes had cratered. Ronald Reagan came into office. All of a sudden, we went from a max rate that my dad was at of 70%, and I believe Reagan's max rate was 28%. My dad was correct, and his CPA was correct at pushing deferral every year. Defer, 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 postpone, postpone. Well, you and I now and all of our clients, Dave, we're on the other side of history. This is the third lowest tax structure we've seen in over 90 years. And for us to build blueprints that estimate our clients might be in a lower bracket when they retire, to me, that's just reckless. So I think we're going to see much, much higher rates. And of course, there's a lot of data out there. And now a lot of people agree with us that, yeah, taxes have to go up dramatically. You know, are they going to double? Are they going to go up 50%? We don't know. But, you know, when we build our blueprints, you and I, we just assume double sometime after 2030. If we're wrong in the favor of the client, fine. But we don't want to say, oh, we're just going to say they go up 40% and then they're double, right? And we haven't planned on that. I think that's really the big difference in tax rate risk is we are on the other side of history. That's I'll leave it at that. I always enjoy hearing that story. It never gets old to me. I've now heard it a number of times, but it's always key to the topic, key to what we're talking about. Number four risk is sequence of return risk. This is the risk that the market drops when you get into retirement and you have to start taking money out. Why is that so different than for those who are going through their working years? Yeah, it's a, I love this one. So I always give people the example. If you were making 6% a year, for 10 years in a CD, and you were basically just guaranteed 6% a year, end of story, it wouldn't really matter if you were taking money out or putting money in, it wouldn't matter. You're gonna get 6% no matter what. But let's just say you had an investment portfolio that averaged 6% over those 10 years. One year you were up 15, the next year you were down three, the next year you were up five, the next year you were down eight. But on the average over 10 years, you made the exact same rate of return as the person that held the CD. Well, you should have a similar experience if 
neither of you took out any money. At the end of the 10 years, you're going to have grown your money by 6% a year. And in the brokerage account, let's say, or in the variable investments, you would have made the same 6%. The difference is if you're taking money out. Because what happens now is if you're every year pulling out a consistent 3%, 4% of your total portfolio, because you got to pay your bills, right? And that market's going up and down and your investments are going with it, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever, anything variable, you are now pulling money out in the low years. When you think about it for a working person, if you're down 15% in your portfolio, you're not taking money out anyway, so it doesn't matter. But for a retiree, it makes all the difference in the world. You're pulling money out at the worst possible times. Now you're going to have a lot of trouble not running out of money by the time that 10 years is up because you keep pulling it out when the crashes occur because you got to pay your bills. So what we try to do with the sequence of return risk is instead of worrying about what Wall Street has sold us all on, the stock bond mixture, you know, 60-40, 55-45, and I won't go into it too deep because, you know, I'm on Wall Street, if you will, or at least in that community for 37 years. The bottom line is that just got people to stop taking money away from the brokerage companies. They'd say, hey, just leave it alone, leave it alone. It's all about asset allocation. But they never really talked about the retiree who was pulling money out each year to pay their bills. So what you and I do differently, I think, than even most planners, we don't diversify between stocks and bonds so much. We diversify between casino money, as we call it, and vault money, between money that is able to lose value in any given year and money that's unable to lose money no matter what happens in any given year. So if you've diversified your portfolio between casino money and vault money, here's what happens. Casino money goes down 40%. Big deal. Just pay all your bills with the vault money until the casino money starts behaving again, which usually takes a year to a year and a half, right? So even if you look at 2008, 2008 happened and by 2010, everything was looking up again, right? And the recovery began. So if you have diversification between risk and no risk assets, you now have the ability to really remove or at least minimize that sequence of return risk. Completely agree. Number five is withdrawal rate risk, which is the risk of pulling your money down too fast. MetLife did a study back in 2008, right after everything crashed 40%. 43% of the people they surveyed said that 10% was a good distribution rate. Any thoughts on where we are with withdrawal rates in retirement? Yeah, famous CFP from the 1990s, William Bengen, I believe was his name. And Bengen did some really impressive studies, and he came up with the 4% rule, which we've all heard, right, many times. Oh, if you got a million bucks, you can take 40 grand a year for the rest of your life, and you'll never run out of money. Well, number one, I, I don't believe um, that Bengen's formula was incorrect. I think it was correct for the time that he built it. But now when you have the kind of unpredictable volatile markets that we see and you have the sequence of return risk we just talked about, most new studies that I'm seeing coming out from uh, economists and, and CFPs that are doing back testing, they're more like they want you to now take like 3% maybe out of the portfolio. But back to what we just talked about, if you have some guaranteed vault money that can never go backwards in value, it really gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility to make choices when your risk money 
goes down dramatically. It gives you an opportunity to decide, okay, where am I going to get my money from this year? The second thing, of course, with that 4% rule is build some private pensions into your model if you can. Have something that will kind of like social security or a real pension from a corporation, build something into your financial retirement plan that will guarantee you a certain amount of money per year for the rest of your life and your spouse's life for no matter how long you both live. And there's even some out there now that actually have nice rises each year that the markets are up, which serves as a wonderful hedge against inflation. It's interesting as we talk about this, that many times this is one of the biggest concerns people have because they've got to live off of a certain amount of money, which makes sense. We've got to have a certain amount of income. But if you look at everything we've talked about, and we are going to finish here, we're going to carry into our next show, the other five risks, just based upon time and where we're at. But if you look at the things we've already talked about, how do I increase my distribution rate? How do I get a higher distribution rate? Solve your sequence of return issue. Get to where you don't have to go down, as you mentioned. Solve your tax rate issue to where now all of a sudden you don't have that extra money going to taxes. You can use it for yourself. You can have a better life. Solve your Social Security issue. Make sure you get as much money out of Social Security with paying as little tax as possible. Now you've got more of your own money going to your own wants and needs. And the other one, solve that longevity issue through guaranteed payments. They're going to last for the rest of your life. All of a sudden it opens up that distribution channel to look substantially different than if you don't do anything with these risks. So you need to understand, and the next ones we'll talk about on our next show, they all build upon each other, that it's really taking them all together, not just going in and saying, well, I've got to solve this issue. I guess it's like being a catcher. I used to be a catcher on the Little League team, and I caught for one of the fastest throwing individuals in the state of Utah. I would come home as an eight-year-old, Brian, if you can imagine, I'd come home and my hand would be swollen every game because he was so accurate and threw so hard it just hit the glove consistently all day, all day, all through literally. But it'd be like coming into there with a glove and no catcher's gear, no helmet, no padding, no anything else. Same thing with our retirement. We've got to have all these different parts to make sure we really protect ourselves the best way we can. Agree, agree. Any plan, again, is better than no plan at all. You know, just by going through the planning process, you start getting into all these discussions that most people don't. And, you know, of course, a very large majority of our clients in 50 states are CPAs and tax professionals and registered agents and whatnot. These are very number-driven people, but we meet a lot of these very highly intelligent numbers-driven people. They might have some of the pie figured out, but it's until they build the entire 30,000-foot view, they start to really understand, as you just said, Dave, how integrated everything really is and how one piece plays off another. And if one piece fails, there's already another piece that's waiting to pick up the slack of the problem that that one piece is having. And and we certainly don't tell people, hey, take all your money out of the stock market and don't ever have anything uh, that could lose money. Absolutely not. We're just simply diversifying between, again, risk and no risk, or as we like to call it, vault assets and casino assets. Doesn't mean either of them are great and either of them are bad. It means they work beautifully together where, you know, stocks versus bonds, 60-40, 50-50, you know, look at 2022. You know, your worst performing investment in 2022 was a 10-year U.S. government treasury bond. You, you would have lost 30 plus percent of your money in that thing, right? How could that be? I thought if I had 60-40, I was safe. Not true at all. That's just what we were told by an industry that was hoping we never take money away from them. But really, the way to do it is just have protection on some, you know, let some risk remain in the others. 
And then you can always pick and choose in the beginning of the year. All right, this is where I'm going to pay my bills from for 2024. And we'll see what happens next year. You know, maybe I'll switch it up and pay them over here. We just want to make sure there's always that balance. And that's where a plan comes in. It absolutely is. And listeners, we've got five more risks we will cover in our next show. We'll go through each of those in detail. So we come back and recap for the beginning of 2024 where each of those are at. But for now, we appreciate you spending your time with us. We realize that you do have choices in where you get your retirement education, but we're glad that you come and enjoy this time with us where we can share our knowledge, our experience, our stories, the things that we've gone through to help you get to a more safe and secure retirement. My name's Dave Hall. I've been here with Brian Britt. We look forward to seeing you each again next week. Hey, if you liked what you heard and you want more retirement risk education or you're interested in signing up for any of our many retirement-focused webinars, make sure you check out our website at retirementriskadvisors.com. We have a lot of great resources, tools, and information on retirement available to you right at your fingertips. And if you're on social media, you can find us at Retirement Risk Advisors on Instagram and Facebook. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Retirement Risks Show with our host and retirement risk expert, Dave Hall. We here at RRA don't just get you to retirement, we get you safely through retirement. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back with you again soon.